I just finished the book by Chuck Klosterman, known as The 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, a guy who is known as a pop culture critic. Uh, his best known work previously is probably Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. Ironically enough, the title of Eli's upcoming memoir. Yes, that's uh, correct. So I, I know it's hard to boil down any decade. One person's experience is vastly different from another's. Uh, Klosterman tries to do that. First of all, how old are we? Let's go around the table. I'm 34. So again, grew up in the 90s for sure. Just turned 40. Okay. Eli? Just turned 41. So There you go. So Sean, we, Sean and I are, we're, we're buddies yes, here yes, on this, yes, this topic yes. because we were, you were maybe a little younger, remember the early 90s? Of Sean course. and I are, we were square you, in the but, middle of it. But the Raj Mahal was with it enough on the, uh, I guess, the pop culture scene that he shared a lot with you that you're, you're not like most 34 year olds. Sure. You, you can yeah. hang, you can talk Bash Brothers with me and, uh, me and Eli. Yes. And all the 90s attitude era wrestling you want. Yeah. I feel like I experienced <laughs> the early 90s in the late 90s when I was developing consciousness and he's playing, uh, Pearl Jam and Nirvana mm-hmm. in the car and Soundgarden, right? And the whole Seattle scene. Or Silver Chair, like the return yes. cut we just <laughs> that, heard there. The, the first album that I bought. I remember that. For, you know, the question is, right? Yeah. First CD that Ooh, you bought. Was it Frog Stomp? Frog Stomp. Wow. That's, right. wow, that's a marvelous. Frog it's been a minute since I've <laughs> given Frog Stomp <laughs> yes. a spin. Yeah. Go, go give it a listen. And those it guys up. are all like 15 years old when they recorded yeah. that album, too. Now they're like yeah. 50, which right. makes me sad. Because they're all turning 50, yeah. which is... Yeah, like the Toadies guys all have like gray hair and bifocals now and you're just like oh come on it's really weird really weird but the <laughs> Klosterman book the cover of it is a a telephone yep. that's clear so you can see the inside that's of right it. first of all an actual phone an actual phone that, with that a cord. plugs in yeah. landline not us uh, so remember those which again, i had one of those <clears throat> and again there are so many tangents that we could go off i'm going to try to focus this to the things that really stuck out to me i highly recommend the book many chapters all along the way listen they, they cover the 92 96 and even the 2000 presidential elections oh, yeah. you know again very serious stuff i i wanted to have some fun here so he makes the argument, Klosterman does, that the decade didn't really start until the release of this song. Iconic. And this right? came out in 1991? September of 1991. The start of my senior year in high school. Let oh, me tell there you. There you go. That, was, will have. that changed everything. Killed right? hair metal. Yes. Killed all the hair bands. I like this line from Klosterman. He says, the video for Smells Like Teen Spirit, which, again, is awesome. Even I watched it last week as I was finishing the book. Go back and revisit that. Just the pep rally from hell. Right. With Cobain, Chris Novoselic, Dave Grohl. This segment is not going to be about Dave Grohl. But we do have to mention Nirvana. The video was not more consequential than the reunification of Germany, Klosterman writes. But soon, any attempt to understand young people had to begin with an understanding of why Kurt Cobain looked and acted the way that he did. He's wearing the Freddy Krueger sweater in the video and... Yeah, it was uh, it was something. I know the Seattle grunge scene started before this blew up, but this really thrust it out on the mainstream because right. back in the day, kids, MTV used to show videos all the time, yes. which was a better time in this world because it was placeholder television. And when this dropped, you saw this 
twice an hour, probably. Yeah. You're just sitting around waiting for the black hole sun video. Right. Or, smells sure. like or waiting for Beavis and Butthead yeah, to start at six. Yeah. Yes, exactly. where they would make fun of said videos sure. and, and offer their commentary. So, yes, that becomes mainstream. It's just, it, it's crazy to think about now, 30 years later, like, what rock band is really mainstream? That's just, that's a thing of the, like, actually popular in, in the pop charts these songs would go to number one nirvana and pearl jam and i, I hate the term grunge i you know they're yeah, all yeah. from seattle but they just got lumped in together even though Soundgarden and alice in chains were very different, they different but they're yes. all looped uh lumped together so very quickly i had never heard of this klosterman writes about the ad campaign by subaru okay all of a sudden, with this being mainstream now, so this, this is this is post eighties when they all had Paul Hogan in the commercials, like <laughs> yeah. during the yes. Crocodile Dundee craze right. of eighty yes. six. Yes, well, he was a Subaru which, guy, which, wasn't he? Yeah. Which we also lived through, unfortunately. Sure. So <laughs> that's a knife, right? <laughs> so a year later, nineteen ninety two, Subaru says, "Well, we got to we got to sell cars with this." Listen to this thirty second ad. You got my new Subaru Impreza and explain its relevance to you and me and the car business, okay? Okay. This car is like punk rock. Now, just trust me, this is relevant. Do you remember when rock and roll was really boring and corporate? Well, punk challenged all this and said, hey, excuse me, but here's what's cool about music, remember? Now, Subaru, with this Impreza, is challenging some car thinking here. This car is all about reminding you and me what's great about a car and moving forward and making cars better and less disappointing. Just like punk, except it's cars. Oh, I just thought of another analogy. Uh, Subaru Impreza, a this, compact car, a two or four door sedan. Who was the dork that was narrating so that's that? A, that's a fun fact, Eli. <laughs> Does the name Jeremy Davies ring a bell at all? No, it, it might not. No relation. If, yeah, yeah, thank no. you, Jeremy. Uh, you might have seen him on Lost. He played Daniel Faraday. He's he's an actor. He was an up and coming actor, booking commercials at the time. It's like. That's the dude from Lost. Uh, and I'll, Subaru is saying, car, this car is like punk rock. Of course, everyone is just trying to latch onto it immediately. Yeah. I guess that sort of draws in the olds too, because at that point in time, the Ramones were like, I don't know, 15 years removed, right? That's when the whole punk wave right. started. So now this grunge wave, I guess you're trying to grab two demographs yes. with, with a statement like that, I suppose. Man, it's, <laughs> 90s ads were something. Like, you ever go back and watch, like, a classic game like you have on VHS or you've, sure. you've, you've digitized? Some of those ads are just, just on YouTube yeah. with the ads still included. And you remember all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, even the local ones, you mm -hmm. know, from Westway Ford. Westway Ford, right. The, the 12, <laughs> 12 loop, get, loop 12 guy that was, yes. I mean, which that drop lives on here at the ticket, which is amazing. 12, 12, loop 12. There he is. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And, and of course, the music industry changes dramatically in the 90s you know you're you're paying 17 bucks for a, a cd for an album and now of course it's a flat ten dollars a month for all the music in the world yeah, it's, it's which that's it's different di went directly into your case logic which you fumbled about trying yep. to find the cd as you're driving at a stoplight yep. which hopefully yeah no usually not i tell you what though i do miss going to good records or 
Sound Warehouse, Best yes. Buy, just, or just, even yeah. Best Buy. Anywhere. Just, anywhere. Just, just like all the new albums used to come out on Tuesdays, I think. Yep. Tuesdays or Thursdays, mm-hmm. and you'd go pretty much yeah. once, and, once every couple of And sometimes of weeks there was a line. Yeah. Right. Like you had to get there earlier, What that hot new album to get picked off. Yeah, if the new Radiohead album was oh, dropping, right. or yes. whoever it may be. Yeah, sometimes you'd have to get there and wait for a minute. Yes. And again, file sharing, Napster, killed all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, uh, well... Those were, those were the days. Yeah. Oh, I'll... I'll I really like this song. I'll start downloading it when I leave yeah. for class yeah. at eight thirty in the morning. You get back and you're like, "All right, eighty six percent, almost there, almost there, baby." LimeWire, do you, you guys do LimeWire? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. I was more Kazaa. I was Kazaa. more Napster. Yeah, guy. sure. Yeah. So from music to the internet in the nineties, the rise of the internet. Just that phrase, information superhighway. Just how ridiculous so that dated. sounds in retrospect, and we have to play this classic clip 1994 from the today show bryant gumbel and katie couric what am internet back now at 56 pass i wasn't prepared to translate that as i was doing that little tease oh, that's that right. little mark with the a and then the ring around it at see that's what i said mm-hmm. um katie said she thought it was about yeah oh but I'd never heard or it. Around I'd never heard it said. I'd always seen around. the mark, but never yeah. heard it said. And then yeah. it sounded stupid when I said it. Violence at NBC. <laughs> yeah, I heard be around big or about in the lunchroom. <laughs> See, there it is. Violence at NBC. GE com. I mean, GE well, Allison should know. What, what is internet anyway? <laughs> internet is uh, that massive computer right. network, mm-hmm. the one that's becoming really big now. What do you mean? That's big. How does one? What do you write to it like mail? No, a lot of people use it and communicate. With, I guess they can communicate with NBC writers and producers. Allison, can you explain what internet is? No, she can't say anything in ten seconds or less. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. Allison will be in the studio. Yeah, let's shortly. make fun of the producer. Yeah. Don't worry, we don't. Sad they're just back there shaking their yes. heads like, no, I cannot yeah. explain what it is. Like I, oh, know. and oh. this classic sound, AOL. This this was happening when I was in college, and you did not go to. A dorm room, an apartment, a library, anything where you didn't hear this sound yep. over and over again. The AOL chat rooms and the AOL instant messenger was such a game changer because that that was a sweet spot. Because I think like like knowing some parents now and their kids aren't wanting to drive at 16, yeah. we all were champing at the bit to get our driver's license like a hardship at 15. And the instant messenger was a way to quickly... because. Back in the day, you had to call somebody's house and ask permission to speak to your friend. Yes. And you, yep. a lot of times, the gatekeeper was the mom or the dad. Yep. This completely bypassed that whole thing, so you right. could just come up with so much hood rat stuff in the 90s. Aim. Take a spin, now you're in with the techno set. You're going surfing on the internet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Golly. What is the internet, anyway? Uh, maybe the most ironic story in the book. I didn't realize the internet was the downfall of the Unabomber in mm. 1996. How Ted Kaczynski was caught in Montana. Again, he terrorized the nation with the mail bombs between 1978 and 1995. He killed three people, injured 23. His whole platform was anti-technology. And when you think Unabomber, what's the first thing you think of? Or the two things you think of? I think of the hoodie with the yes. the big yes. yes. the sketch yeah, yeah right the artist, sketch yeah the, mm-hmm. yes. that's what everybody thought he looked like right exactly the and then, sketch and then he comes out with the orange jumpsuit and just wild <laughs> ass <laughs> hair it's like mountain yeah. man that's right so in 1995 Kaczynski typed out his manifesto industrial society and its future basically 
Technology bad. Environment good. He sent it to the Washington Post and the New York Times. He claims that he will continue mailing bombs unless this this gets printed. The FBI gets involved. Everyone decides, hey, let's print this and let's see if anyone can recognize how he writes, his syntax, his language. And Klosterman argues that even though the word Internet is mentioned only once in the 35,000-word manifesto, Kaczynski is really arguing against the rise of the Internet Mm -hmm. and all the evils of technology. So Linda Patrick was the wife of Ted Kaczynski's younger brother, David. She reads it. She tells David, this sounds like your brother. You have to read this. Because Ted Kaczynski had sent David and Linda letters when he was living off the grid in Montana. They had kept up with him. David goes to the newsstand. Remember those? The Times and the Post are sold out. He goes to a local college library. They had a newspaper, but the section with the op-eds and the manifesto is gone. The librarian says, you know, you can read it on the computer, you Mm. know. David Kaczynski says, here I am on this newfangled technology, trying to figure out if my brother is this anti-technology terrorist. He reads and he says, oh my God, that's my brother. Tells the FBI... This is where he is in Montana. They've got the address. That's how he gets captured. Wow. The Internet did him in. One smart librarian tipped off the FBI. Yes. That's incredible. Uh, And finally, do we we have a little more time? we have plenty of time. Okay. Don't you worry. The rise of social media, you could argue, happened in the 90s, even well before Facebook, Twitter, so on and so forth. MySpace. MySpace, MySpace, sure. Um, Yes, absolutely. Again, like you talked about with AIM, a form of it, right? That instant communication, keeping up with people. Go to the OJ car chase. And I know we just had uh, that anniversary recently. We played the the wheels off audio of... uh, uh, Peter Jennings getting pranked by somebody Baba from Bowie. Yeah, Baba Booey, right? Howard Stern, and then Pranked Al Michaels. Hey, that's right. And Al Michaels, uh, you know, trying to correct Peter Jennings, which was hilarious. Uh, Chuck Klosterman, again, this is from the book, his book, The 90s. You have during that car chase bystanders cheering for OJ, sure. right? On the overpasses, they had signs, signs yeah. the juice is loose. And I thought this is well put. Klausterman writes, this drove the mechanism for social media. The desire of uninformed people to be involved with the news, broadcasting their support for a homicidal maniac, not because they liked him, but because it was exhilarating to participate in an experience all of society was experiencing at once. During the finals. Yes. Rockets and Knicks. <laughs> June 17th, 1994. We're worried like, about Hakeem. Like, come on. Right. Come on, and that's man. in the I little box. Clyde yeah. the Glide. What's yeah. going on here? <laughs> that's in the little box on the screen. You got OJ in the big box at the top of the screen. I try to convey to my daughters who they've grown up with technology. They, they, they've never known anything different. And sure. it's, it's so wild to them that... It took us that long to get the internet just fast because we, I tried to explain the dial up thing and they were just blown away that everybody had to be off the phone yes. in the house for your dial up to work. As soon and as it, someone picked up the phone, it was over. Yeah, and yeah. mom or dad right had off. to make a call. Get Sorry. off. Sorry. You're logging yeah. off. Internet yeah. time's over for now. Exactly. And now it's just 
at their fingertips. Yeah, it's in, wild, in man. A what a what a wild decade between the I don't know Massimo stuff and Big Johnson, Big Johnson yeah. T-shirts. <laughs> oh my God, the, just <laughs> okay, <laughs> like the Jordan shoes, like really, like along yes, the mid eighties, really off. took off in the nineties. Yes. Like and, the best part of like the Super Bowl commercials in those Cowboys years was the the Jordan commercial. Like, how is Bugs Bunny and yeah Michael Jordan gonna pull this one off this year? I and always, they're just bright neon colors because everyone wore dressed yes. like Andre Agassi in the 90s for some reason. <laughs> well, everybody did, and I just, I think, and I know that fashion is cyclical and everything comes back eventually. I'm having a hard time believing now that we're 20, almost 30 years removed from some of those eras of fashion, the big pants and the over, the jinkos we had oh, in the yeah, that, well, that, was, uh, that was ridiculous. Uh, Do you, I, mean, I guess that'll come back with somebody. I just, I have a hard time. Maybe the hot pink, like, umbro shorts will make a reappearance at some point. <laughs> okay. Man, the starter I, jackets. Yeah, that's See, right. No, I the can Jimmy. get behind that. The, the Jimmy starter jacket. Well, he had, the, he had the Apex jacket at first. Okay. Yes, the okay. Apex was the first one, and then Starter came in and sniped right. him. And, right. And, and your friends would just okay. go to the mall, and they would be in such short supply, they would just get a random team. Like the Charlotte Hornets starter jacket was right. like the big one. It's yes. just a cool ass jacket. It is because the Mavericks yeah. were terrible then, and we would always dunk on the dude that had the Mavericks starter jacket. Yeah, like, you oh, guys, yeah, they won thirteen games yeah, know, last right. year. Sweet jacket, bro. <laughs> you guys were talking about the music of this year and the starter jackets. The other part of music of this decade was the explosion of hip hop. Absolutely, and Absolutely. it drove Absolutely. all of those fashion, a lot of those fashion yes. trends. Yeah, and, and listen, there's a great chapter as well. You know, yeah. Two Life Crew, the Obscenity Case, mm-hmm. all of that, yeah. Waging NWA. War. And sure. Yes, absolutely. And them somehow collaborating with the early 90s Hurricanes, to, <laughs> which yeah. is just fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and we had uh, Risky Forever, the artist that did the uh, the Don Caluminati, like cover art for Tupac. And I remember in high school, there was, I mean, that's all we listened to was Biggie and Tupac. And there was always like this question of, huh, which which coast do you prefer? So, yeah. I mean, we're just, yeah, we're just like, suburban yeah, white kids. Yeah, right. which, like, which, which <laughs> click do you claim? Like, like no, man, yeah, I made a, this, like, I made a pro and con list of a East Coast and West Coast. Yeah. Well, East Coast, they've got really good pizza in New York. <laughs> we were not oh. about it. <laughs> we were just <laughs> no. a bunch of nerds that were like, oh, this is on MTV. Let's listen yes, to this. This is pretty awesome. Exactly. And if somebody can get me one of those logo athletic shark tooth hats the Cowboys wore like oh, in the early yeah. 90s, that, oh, that would be God, much yes. appreciated. What do you miss the most? 100% rock one of those. What do you miss the most? Is it something in fashion, music, maybe a lack of technology? I think that just not. I think the thing I miss the most is not having a lot of responsibilities. Yeah, just, <laughs> but beyond that, uh, the amount of food we were putting away at that time. Yeah, in life. and not gaining anyway. <laughs> yeah, <Golly>. there, there, <laughs> my hair. Yeah, yeah there's hair. There's a lot of things. Yeah, I miss hey. my hair from the '90s. <laughs> oh boy, sorry, Daddy. <laughs> oh, Daddy, poor Daddy. But well, yeah, just was, go tweet a. Porn it was a star. fun it's decade. Okay. I'm glad we did this segment because Ted, really, come on, <laughs> really. What? That's his therapy, right? Yeah. That's what he said. We no? all have our outlet. Okay. Sorry. Keep shooting. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. And we barely even scratched the surface, really, with oh, all no. of these yeah. minute conversations. These are but. just some of the things that really struck me. You guys would find something completely different, like, man, that, that really stays with you. How about this? Just in the first chapter, just the experience of 90s life. Let's see if you agree with this. It was an adver- This is from Chuck Klosterman, his book, The 90s. An adversarial relationship with the unseemliness of trying too hard. It was a period of ambivalence defined by an overwhelming assumption that life, and particularly American life, 
was underwhelming. Again, you think of slacker culture and the yeah. Gen X and, you know, all those slackers. and. But then there were the preppies that, you know, yeah, wore Tommy Hilfiger and tucked in shirts and yeah. tried to look yeah, the, the, the part. the weaved belt that you, like, oh, fed back through and had kind of <laughs> flopping down, like, over your crotch. Maybe and, a nice silk shirt with yeah. your Mar- Marthy and Franco Easter oh, bows. Yes, sir. Butter. Z Cabarichis. Z Cabarichis. <laughs> I have no idea what you you're kid, saying. You right kids now. don't even know. You don't even I, know. I, I don't you know even nothing know. about fashion. You, you might know something about the Doc Martin boots, but <laughs> yes, uh, I do know that. Yeah, polo boots for life. All right, that's that's great. We, we could we could do a <laughs> segment today. Polo on that. boots for life. <laughs>